Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. So it's finally here, the long-awaited Investing 200 episode. So the assumption here is you have completely disregarded everything I said in the Investing 100, completely disregarded everything I said in Investing 101, and now you are here to completely disregard everything I say in Investing 200, which uh, actually isn't a bad idea. Um, there's really no reason for anyone to listen to me. Uh, I don't really say anything particularly unique or insightful. Uh, I prefer to instead use the analogy, uh, I stand on the shoulders of giants. In other words, I just rip off much more brilliant, much more successful people uh, that have came before me. Uh, so if you want to be a successful investor and you want to beat the stock market, okay, you're going to have to put in some time and effort, okay? Uh, and the first thing I would recommend is learning from the best on how to do it. Now, keep in mind, uh, these are my recommendations. Uh, that's going to be biased towards my investment philosophy. Uh, but with that in mind, here you go. So uh, number one, uh, the little book of behavioral investing by James Montier. Now I've read a bunch of books on behavioral investing or behavioral economics or just psychology in general. Uh, there are bigger books on the subject, but there are not better books on the subject. Uh, this book, the little book of behavioral investing, it's just loaded with a lot of fun. Uh, I call them mental illusions. So, you know, like an optical illusion, right? Where like you think, oh, those two lines are different lengths and oh, surprise, they're the same length. Well, it's like that, except uh, with your mind, with, just like with how you think. And so books like that are really interesting and they're really useful and it's important you understand the limitations of your own mind and how your brain works uh, before you really start investing uh, your money. And uh, James Montier, he does have three other books on behavioral investing or just investing in general that I've yet to read, but those are on my reading list. Um, but yeah, so I highly recommend the little book one. Uh, next up is Pat Dorsey. Uh, Pat Dorsey, I've talked about on the show a whole bunch. He's a former head of uh, Morningstar, currently has, uh, he runs Dorsey Asset here in Chicago. Um, anytime you've ever heard me talk about competitive advantages, which is like practically every episode in which I'm talking about a stock, I have just ripped off hook, line, and sinker what Pat Dorsey has said on the subject. So thankfully he has written two books. Uh, the first one is The Little Book That Builds Wealth. Uh, it focuses almost entirely on competitive advantages. And the other book he's written is The Five Rules for Successful Stock Investing. Uh, this one expands upon the concepts of competitive advantages, but then he also goes into an industry by industry analysis. It's kind of how to think about uh, the different industries. And he also has a general tutorial on discounted cash flows, if that's something that's still uh, kind of elusive for you. Uh, so definitely recommend those two books. And then he has a couple of lectures on YouTube. And if you go to his website, Dorsey Asset, he has a couple of podcast appearances on there as well. 
that actually I have yet to listen to. I I should practice what I preach. There's amazing, as much content as I absorb, there just always seems to be more and more and more, and that's obviously a great thing. Uh, Peter Lynch. Uh, Peter Lynch has written three books. Uh, the first one, One Up on Wall Street, Learn to Earn, and Beat the Street. I have a hard time differentiating them all in my mind. They all kind of just like run together in, as one like just giant uh, giant book. Recommend them all. He also has a couple of lectures on on YouTube, and this guy is just fucking hilarious. Like he's like stand up. He's like he's like a stand up comedian giving financial advice. Uh, it's just uh, the most easily digestible, easy to understand um, investment lectures you're ever going to listen to. Uh, and then there's Philip Fisher. So Philip Fisher is really the godfather of growth investing. And he's someone, the older I get, the more I appreciate his books. In fact, on Amazon, I wrote a one-star review for Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits when I first got the book years of, uh, years ago. I titled it uh, something like Common Platitudes and Uncommonly Boring or something pseudo-creative like that. Uh, but the book has really grown on me. Uh, is it the most interesting read in the world? No, but the financial advice, I mean, it, it, it really just is incredible. Like you'll find yourself bookmarking and highlighting almost every page. And then a second book, uh, Pathways to Wealth Through Common Stocks, not quite as good, but they're both, uh, they're both just incredible. Um, I'm putting these kind of later in the list just because, yeah, they are more difficult to get through, especially for a beginner. Um, and you can, last I checked, you can find his books on tape on YouTube. You just kind of want to like listen to an abridged version of it, but eventually I would recommend actually reading them. And then finally you have Warren Buffett. I mean, you can't talk about the greatest investors of all time without, of course, talking about uh, Warren Buffett. Now, Warren Buffett has never actually written a book, uh, but he's come close. There's the Essays of Warren Buffett by Lawrence Cunningham, which is essentially a compilation of various ex excerpts of shareholder letters that Warren Buffett has written over the years, uh, with the general theme being accounting. Um, so you could read that, or you could just read his shareholder letters for free. Um, and he's also, there's a book called Tap Dancing to Work. I don't have the author. But it's essentially a collection of articles and things that Warren Buffett has written over the years. So those two, those, those, those two things, the shareholder letters and all the articles he's written, are, is really the only quote-unquote book he's written. But he's more than made up for it with just media appearances. So you, of course, have the shareholder meetings. Uh, there's a podcast you can find on iTunes if you just type in Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meetings. Uh, it goes back to 1993. Each one is five or six hours long. Like you're, it took me a couple couple years to get through this. I mean, you're looking at like I think like a week's worth of audio, like seven days worth of. And my girlfriend's like, he has the worst voice. It is just like a cement mixer on a chalkboard. But uh, but anyway, um, and he of course has a countless, uh, countless uh, shareholder sorry YouTube videos. Um, just interviews, Q and A's, lectures, just, and when I first got investing, I would just listen to this guy over and over. Like I'd just be walking to school. I would just listen to him lecture just for hours every day, just trying to assimilate his mind into my own. Um, and, uh, 
I mean, obviously, I mean, it wasn't effective, <laughs> but at least, at least that was the attempt, uh, was to try to just stand on his shoulders. Uh, and then, okay, so once you've done all this, once you've, uh, all these resources that I've laid out, uh, you are going to have to start reading 10Ks and 10Qs, and there's really no way around it. Like, it, If you want to follow through with the strategies these guys are uh, propagating, then you're going to have to actually read uh, the 10Ks and 10Qs. And that seems daunting when you're first starting off, because they are over 100 pages, and they're just these really boring legal slash marketing documents. But that's where the information is. Um, now, you may have noticed that I didn't bring up Benjamin Graham. There's a reason for that. Uh, there's no reason to read the security analysis book unless you just want to tell people you've read it. I have not. Uh, I, I, I think I'm a couple a couple hundred pages into it. It's just, it's the worst book. Uh, Intelligent Investor. I'm actually rereading it just to make sure it sucks. I When I first read it, I thought it sucked. I'm rereading it just to make, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like fucking Chinese water torture. There are two chapters that are any good. And these are the ones Warren Buffett always recommends. Eight and 20. Uh, eight is on Mr. Market, just how to think of volatility. And uh, 20 is, what would it be about? I don't know. I haven't gotten to it yet. Mr. Market, and probably just how to think about stock ownership, if I had to guess. I have the book right here. Great radio. radio. Let's see. What is book 20? Margin of Safety. Duh. I should have known that one. Okay. So, yeah, I think if you just stick to the two chapters that Warren Buffett recommends, I think you're fine. I think you can skip over the rest. I think... Uh, the, 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 just the tenets of value investing, the idea that a stock is worth what it's worth and not beholden to the, the gyrations of the market. I think you can pick up that ideology from all these other resources I've talked about without subjecting yourself to the intelligent investor. And just to belabor the point, I really wish people would stop recommending the intelligent investor at, to beginners. Like It should not be recommended as a first book. It should be recommended as, like I don't know, for its historical value perhaps someone who's like just really into investing and they want to have a complete you know they want to read all the classics perhaps but for a beginner no no not even close not even close. wouldn't be in the top 100 uh let's see uh the one book by benjamin graham that i would recommend though is the interpretation of financial statements it's uh, no one really knows about this book uh it's really quick it's a really tiny book and he just goes line by line item how he thinks about all the different uh line items you're going to find on a on an income or balance sheet and uh, yeah that one i'd recommend um but really as you're going through the 10ks and 10qs you're gonna have a lot of questions on what different line items mean and the best thing to do is to search inside the document to see if they explain it in the report and if you still don't really understand it investopedia is really just the best way i think to understand these different things um, if you don't have uh, a like a formal education in accounting, you know, through college or something, I think that's probably fine. I mean, I don't really think I learned a whole lot in accounting. I don't think I learned a whole lot about accounting through the CFA program, um, which is more indicative of just how terrible I am in accounting. I mean, I, I barely passed those sections uh, in the CFA program. Uh, so maybe don't listen to me on accounting. If I if I had a good accounting textbook that I could give you, like, oh my God, this will just teach you about it. Your eyes will open. Um, I'd give it to you, but I don't. So if anyone knows a good accounting uh, textbook that I can read, because, I mean, it's definitely my Achilles heel, like, for sure, 100%. 
And that's it. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Dan Hansen, and you have a great day. Okay.